We're going to read uh, from God's Word uh, together. If you could uh, please turn uh, to John uh, chapter 19, uh, verse 23. John chapter 19, verse 23. And that's on page 1088 in your church Bibles. John chapter 19, verse 23. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, they divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the mother of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. This is the word of the Lord uh, this morning uh, for us. I'm going to show you a little uh, video clip uh, from a program called Outnumbered, which some of you uh, may have seen. Um, It's going to appear on the screen uh, behind. Um, And... um, I think it's a, a telling portrait of family life. And you wouldn't stop me, you just ignored me and carried on nagging me. So you, I said this time and time again that I'm going to leave home and now I really am. Excellent. Where are you going? I'm going to Spain in a beach or maybe Greenland. Mm-hmm. Or, or Dorking. Dorking. How will you be getting there? Train. Right. Have you got enough money? Hippo's got the money. Hippo's got the money. And uh, got your tickets all sorted? This cat has. Excellent. Well, that seems to be all, uh, all in order then. I hope you have a lovely time. Come on, Ben. You're not losing by many. Let's play. No, I'm not playing. Ben, it is very important in sport not just to walk off when you start losing. What does Wayne Rooney do when he's losing? He kicks people. Not always. And he never just walks off. Of his own volition. Ben! Look, I've packed you some food and your favourite jumper, so I hope you have a lovely time. I'm really, really, really not coming back and I'm serious. I know. I'm definitely not coming back. I know. Bye! Mum, what's going on? Don't worry, she's left home before. What she does is she goes round the corner, she waits a bit, and then she comes back. Right, so then... No, 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 she'll only go ten yards, because she's afraid of the main road. Fine. She's emptied her money box. Yeah, I know, that's all part of it, you see. She'll be just round this corner. Look. Come on. Come on. Parenting's hard, isn't it? Parenting's hard. That, that stage has gone uh, where they, they did everything you told them. Uh, and if you haven't seen the show, it's a, it's a very good show. And uh, it's interesting watching how the parents deal with these, these kids that, that, that are doing things that, that trouble them. The, the young lad you saw is a, a committed liar. He just lies about everything, excuses. And, and the dad finds that really hard to, to deal with. The, the, the young daughter there, who's just brilliant and, and doesn't have script, apparently, just 
says things as they come into her head. Um, to, to see the relationship between her, and, and especially she wrangles with faith a lot in, in the show, about God and, and the big questions of life. As her pet dies, she does this bizarre funeral with, with quotes from Star Wars and Christianity and, uh, and Islam. There's, there's a, a good picture. And, and I, I kind of was worried about showing it because we're talking about the cross and, and it's hard, isn't it, to, to kind of laugh as we've sung these, these amazing words, you know, oh, to see your face and, and to see that thing going on and, and to, to try and bring, I guess, the, the, the human side back at it because we're talking today about a mum seeing her son uh, crucified. Um, things not quite going as, as she planned. Uh, a son whom she loved and who had brought much joy to her, uh, now uh, naked, uh, on a cross, uh, stand there. And, and, you know, we've been through parenting. Maybe that's a bit more familiar to you. Um, with, with Zach, um, this is my boy, um, it will appear on, on the screen behind you, um, playing drums. You know, he's, he, he's a lot like me, but, but already um, signs of, of changes are, are, are happening. He's been fascinated with my knee. Uh, I've had knee surgery following a, a football injury. And uh, we were playing football the other day. And um, I've been teaching him that, that people tackle you during football, and that you shouldn't cry, you should play on and try and tackle them back. So we were having good times playing in the park, and I was dribbling away from him, attempting my skills, and, um, and I promise this is, this is an exact quote of what Zach shouted out. He knew that I'd hurt my knee playing football. He was frustrated with me that I was dribbling the ball away from him. Zach shouted out across the field, Daddy, I'm going to hurt your knee again. <laughs> now at three, that's a fairly insightful comment and, and threat. And I laughed initially, but, but there was this sense, there was this sense of things are changing, things are changing. Um, and, and I wonder, and, and I, I, I guess thinking how Mary felt as she saw her son being crucified is, is something which I, I don't think we can ever grasp. You know, imagine that scene, this, this, this isn't the plan. Who, who will support me? How will I survive? How will I, I live? I'm going to be tainted with both the reputation of his birth and here now with the reputation of having a son who is crucified. I don't know if you've ever thought that through, both the start and the end of the life, you know, marking Mary. And yet she was there. She was watching when many had, had run away. And I guess what's amazing as we read these, these words, uh, just some brief things I'm going to try and pull out for us this morning. Um, about what it speaks to us about family, about our church family, about uh, our direct families, the people that we, we live with, um, and then uh, the global family too. We're going to uh, touch on that um, as we, we speak together today. And the first thing I guess I want to say is that the cross is about bringing us into family. And I've got one question for you, which I'd quite like you to discuss just in pairs, um, if that's okay. The question is, what is unusual about Jesus giving Mary into John's care? Okay, that's the question. What is unusual about Jesus giving Mary into John's care? Can you have a little discussion? Um, you may not know. Don't worry if you don't know yet. It's not a test. Um, I'm not going to award you a GCSE or anything. Um, but if you can have a quick discussion. Is there a, can you think of anything unusual about Jesus um, giving Mary into John's care? Just for a couple of seconds. If you have a little discussion, that would be great.
Okay, any thoughts? Any thoughts? Anything unusual? I mean, I, I guess that the reason I ask is that I've always been brought up with this kind of sense of he was just doing his duty as a son. You know, he was looking out for his mum after he was gone. It was about honouring you know, fathers and mothers. Can anyone think of anything unusual about Jesus giving Mary into John's care? Any thoughts? Any thoughts? Is the correct answer. Um, there was nearly claps. That was exciting. Um, John 7, um, 1 to 3 says, After this, Jesus went around in Galilee, purposely staying away from Judea, because the Jews there were waiting to take his life. But when the Jewish feast of Tabernacles was near, Jesus' his brothers said to him, You ought to leave here and go to Judea, so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. We know that James is known as one of Jesus' brothers. We know that there were others too. It's most people believe that, that Joseph, sadly, had probably died by this point, sometime between the age of 12 and, uh, and this point, because he's not really mentioned, unless he was doing the very male thing of keeping the business running while you go off and be the saviour of the world. I, I, I doubt it. But here's the interesting thing. Jesus has other brothers, half-brothers, if you will, but brothers nonetheless. And yet here he is at the end of his life, looking at one of his disciples, looking at his mother and committing them to care for each other. Uh, you may think, well, so what? But that's quite a big deal. To do that, to take it out of the biological family and put it into the spiritual family is actually quite a big deal for Jesus to be doing. And some people say, well, this is because at this point, the brothers don't quite believe that it took the resurrection of Jesus for them to, to really believe. And, and to be honest, I can kind of associate with that too. If my brother came home and said, guess what? I am the saviour of the world. You know, it's going to take a lot to persuade me as a brother. I mean especially if it's my big brother and I don't know. Because we often underemphasize the human nature of this story. This is a very human story. Along with the divine, this is a very human story of family. And so I guess, what could we say about this? If Jesus cares so much about this spiritual family of his disciples, the disciple he loves, and his mum who he loves, I guess we could say, and, and, and this is where the first thing I just want to say, is that the church family matters to Jesus. The church family. This is the beginning of church. This is the first glimpse we get of Jesus saying, people who are united by me, caring for one another. Does that make sense? What Mary and John had in common was their love of Jesus. They were at the foot of the cross, seeing him as he was, as he was meant to be. And Jesus binds them together and says, care for each other. And it's not just a a little care. This is about family, isn't it? He's actually saying to Mary and to John, here is your son, here is your mother. Now, if I got you to look around, and that's a scary thing to do on on Sunday mornings, I don't know how you would feel about family. We talk a lot about, yes, we are our family together. But then again, I've been to weddings where I've met family who I don't know anything about. I was surprised to discover at one wedding recently that my aunt and uncle had two cousins, which I didn't know about, both of whom were in secondary school. Now, that's... That's a fairly serious thing when you haven't met an aunt and uncle for so long that you didn't know they had 11-year-old kids. Um, I I said to mum, who are these random children? Why are they so naughty? And my mum said, that is your auntie Louise's children. Now, it was a bit of a shock. More more shocking was the fact I discovered that that two relatives had sadly passed away and I was expected to sit next to one of them. um, And he wasn't there. And I said to mum, when did he pass away? Oh, six years ago. We didn't want to bother you with it. You were at university. Now, we can talk about family in those terms, or, and that's true, I'm not making it up, or we can talk about family in real terms. Because church is meant to be a real family. 
Now, real families have troubles, real families have problems, real families have disagreements. Real families have that oddball member of the family that you all know is the oddball one. And if you're thinking, we haven't got one of those, it's you. Um, (laughs) But, but, and and here is a a challenge to you, my brothers and sisters. Um, As we walk together in the future of, of our church together, as, as Cornerstone and Long Crendon um, seek God's guidance and will. There is a sense of the way the devil will attack will be to cause division. That's the bottom line. Churches that, that grow together are often the ones that end up either dividing or splitting. And it's about trust, it's about love, it's about care, it's about thinking the best of, and it's about being honest with each other. That's how families work best. Claire and I had one of those rows that lasts a week this last couple of weeks. Nothing ever nasty was said. Voices were never raised. But there was just... You guys know, don't you? Maybe you don't. Um, <laughs> something wasn't quite right. And it was so good when it came into the open and, and we could kind of fix things. I, I want to challenge you and encourage you that, that as we walk forward as a church with, with many changes that may come or may not come, depending on how we feel led as, as a church, can I encourage you, especially with your leaders especially with each other, keep in mind that we're family, that we're family. Because we talk cheaply about family here. But Jesus knew it was important. And that's why he picked John to care for Mary and Mary to care for John. That's the first thing I want to say. The church family matters to Jesus. The second thing, this is the the great good news this morning, is that the church or the cross is about bringing us into God's family. The sense of, of Mary and John kind of being adopted to one another. It's kind of weird. I don't know if you can adopt a mum. That would be quite a good kind of charity. Adopt a mum. Just give £2 a month and we'll help mums across the country who struggle under ironing and and washing up. Um, I I don't know how it works with this thing, but but there's this lovely sense of the mum both being adopted into a family and John being adopted into a family. What the cross does, which is amazing and something which is hard to get your head around, is that that when we trust in God, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, when we realise that that this Son was given for us, we've sung the words over and over again, we've heard it from the pulpit over and over again, you are sons and daughters in the family of God. Some some little verses which I've I've kind of pulled out. Romans 8, 28 to 30. Don't don't turn to it. Um, Well, you can if you want. I can't stop you. Romans 8, 28 to 30. It says this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers. That there's this sense of of adoption into a family. I'm not going to talk about the predestination stuff. Uh, We can save that for when Jeff's back from holiday. He'll be refreshed and ready to give us clear answers. But, but, I love the fact that, that I am brothers with Christ. That in God's family, through what Jesus has done, I'm adopted into the family. The Bible talks about us being co-heirs with Christ to the promise of eternal life. You know, that means that we're not just the, the brother and sister that's the kind of lesser one in the family. We've all got one that's not quite as popular as the rest. Co-heirs with Christ. In God's opinion, when we become Christians, we become sons and daughters of him. Can I urge you, if you're here this morning and you're kind of wondering what this Christianity thing is all about, what greater gift is there to be called the sons and daughters of, of our Lord? To have... To know that in inheritance, which isn't about how good or bad I am, but because of my family name, that one day I'll inherit eternal life. 
that in my Father's house are many mansions or rooms. If it was not so, I would have told. That's what Jesus is saying to his disciples. That, that this is our Father too. In 1 John 3, uh, verse 1 to 3, it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called what? Children of God. This is what the cross does. It makes us into God's family. Not just as a church, not just as an organisational thing, as a spiritual reality. Now, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm still kind of working what that means. It does mean that I get to carry my father's name. I'm, I'm an ambassador for him. It means that I can, as the passages both talk about, being glorified, being purified. There's a responsibility that comes with that. But I guess that the second thing I want to try and encourage you with is that this amazing cross, this, 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 this one point in history, brings us into sonship and daughtership with Christ. And that means that we have a fairly esteemed father, doesn't it? It means that when I challenge you to, to love each other as church, that we do it because we're united under this one head, that this, this God that would do everything for us. And I love those words. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. That's, that's what this cross does. And I, I do encourage you today, this morning, if you're, you're here and you're thinking, what does it mean to be a Christian? It means to be adopted into a new family with a Father who will never let you down, whose love endures forever, whose hopes and promises are, are, are steadfast, who has never lied who has never cheated, who has never walked out. This is a father who, who knows what's best for you. And I, I just so encourage you to come to him, to say, Father, I've messed up, I've turned against you. I'm going to try and talk through with Zach about shouting out threats on a football field, and I hope that he'll be restored to me. But on a more serious note with us, as we come to our father, know that, that God is desperately wanting you back to where you should be, to be a son or a daughter. Lastly, and really briefly, the cross, it's about family. It would be wrong for me to talk about this and just talk about the spiritual pictures of adoption or, or, or how church matters. Jesus is ultimately caring for his mum. John's there. This is basically his last will and testament, although they didn't realise he was going to come back to life again. But, but it's lovely to still see this, this, this picture of Jesus just caring for his mum. The cross, it's just about family. Who do you think Jesus was helping most? I've been reading this kind of um, through this week, trying to figure it out. Because growing up, I always just thought it was about his mum being looked after. But he cares for his friend as well. Have you seen that? It's not just a one-way deal. He doesn't just go, John, do me a favour, look after my mum. He knows in John too there is a sense of, of needing his mum as well. I don't know if you can see that. It kind of works together. Yeah, the cross, it's about family. He says, dear woman, this is verse 26 in John 19 again, dear woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her uh, into his care, into his home. What I find fascinating, what I find fascinating in this, this picture of a family being brought together, John and Mary, is that there are some people who, who just miss it. Who just miss it. The soldiers doing their job uh, are arguing over the clothing. We read it from verse 23. Having divided the clothing up, which was their right as executioners, they, they gambled for the undergarment, the most um, precious piece of clothing. And apparently some Jewish scholars say that the undergarment was what a mum gave to her son as, as he kind of left home. It was that kind of university gift of, you know, don't forget your pants. Um, but I, I don't mean to lighten it. That's, that's the point. The point is you are now a man. Here is 
here is how I care for you. And maybe as Jesus, some people say, saw these soldiers taking this thing which his mum had given him, that's what prompted him to look at his mum and realise and want to care for her. I don't know. Uh, It could be maybe a bit of thinking. But I think there's a sense that it's an interesting challenge. What I do know is that the soldiers don't care about this family drama that's going on, this adoption, this this, this care together. They're, They're too busy. They're too busy with their work. They're too busy getting what they want. They're too busy getting what they think is valuable. And I guess a direct challenge for us would be, don't be like the soldiers and miss what's happening in your family. There are many ways we get distracted, aren't there, from what's important. Um, This time with the birth of Noah, it's been a different kind of paternity leave. I started college about six days after um, Noah was born. I I had knee surgery the following week. It it was a very weird start to to his life. And and as a father, there was a slight sense of distance, especially because I don't really like this stage from naught to six months. Not much happens. They're fairly boring and they smell. But, But recently, 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 seeing him grow as a person, the smiles start to appear. He recognises you. He fixes you with this, 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 this glare. I didn't get half-term with college, but there was a bit of time where I just had some time home with him. And, and once again, he's one of my little lion cubs now. I'm the daddy lion. I've got Zach and, and him. And there was this lovely moment where I was lying on a sofa, cuddling both my boys. And then Claire said, don't roll over and fall asleep. You might squash Noah, which kind of spoiled the, the mood. But, but I realised, I realised something, that I'd miss that. And if I wasn't careful, I could go on missing it. Because there's always something else I could be doing. There's always someone else I could be seeing. There's always a, an extra buck to, to chase after, an extra piece of work to go and do a, something I think should be done, which I haven't. And, and, and I want to challenge you today that the cross is ultimately about family. Jesus cares for his mum. And as Christians or, or non-Christians alike this morning, can I spur you on and encourage you that, that where you can live out your faith first and foremost is within your family. And you may have difficult situations. You may have relatives that you think, do you know what, you don't know what my sister's like, my mum's like, my dad's like. But, but what I know about the cross is that God looks at me and despite knowing what I'm like, he gave his son as an outworking of his love and, and, and passion for me. And I want to encourage you to do the same this morning, to, to be peacemakers within families. To, to be role models, to be examples, to, to go home if you have a, a break in a family, to be the one that seeks to resolve it, to make things right, because time is short on this earth. And the cross is about family. And so I want to encourage you with that. And so a bit of a recap. Here we go. The cross. Firstly, look around. Church, this is your brothers and sisters. How we are with each other is a challenge. The cross gives us some instructions about that. Maybe if we see each other as brothers and sisters, it might affect the way we speak to each other, both when we're with each other and when we're away from each other. Secondly, look up and and know that God is your father this morning, that there is no greater honour than that, to be part of this family who who have this, this glory to come, that we're being changed into the likeness of Christ as we seek to be obedient to God, but to know that that, that your, your status within that family is secure, not because of what you do, but because of who God is, because of what Jesus did on the cross, and because of what that means in your heart through the power of the Spirit. And lastly, I guess, look back. For some of us who've left home, we left behind family at that point. It was quite easy to do that. I, I joked with David, you know, what, what age would you like Sophie to leave home? I know for me that my relationship is different with my parents now than it used to be. But, but can I encourage you and challenge you that this cross, this bit where Jesus says to his mum, dear woman, here is your son, it is a direct challenge to us, I think, as a church, to do the right thing within our families.